Victory belongs to me. 
church, let's tell them all together one more time. Tears 
broken heart That's who you are Jesus You wipe away all tears And you mend my broken heart Yeah. 
of a wheel. How many you know he's been so good to us?
let's give him another honk of praise. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father God, we just thank you. We honor you on today. We glorify you on today. Because you are high and you're lifted up on today. God, there is no other God like you. There is no other God before you, God. God, we come before you on today with thanksgiving in our hearts. God, we come before you with praise. Because you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, God, to be praised. God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your loving kindness on today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Be our teacher, be our helper. Lead us, guide us into all truth. Bring the word back to our remembrance that you have spoken unto us. Holy Spirit, we cannot, I cannot do this without you today. Father, as I open my mouth, I thank you that you have already filled it. I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I command healing amongst your people on today. From the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. God, I speak healing, God, because you said by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. You said healing is the children's bread. So we receive total healing, total restoration to us on today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God is good. I'm going to continue the teaching that I have been doing um, in Proverbs chapter four. We're going to go back there today because God is doing a good work and we just give God glory, honor and praise for the good work that he is doing, the good work that he has already done. Go with me to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Let's begin at the 20th verse. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 20th verse. When you get there and I pray that you have your Bible or you have your iPad or you have your iPhone or your Android, whatever you have, when you get there, give me a honk of praise. Hallelujah. The word of God reads, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health. To all their flesh. So this today we've been talking about God's medicine. But I want to talk about again. For they are life unto all those that find them. God's word is life. And I don't know about you. I want life. I don't want death in my life. I want life. The kind of life that God gives unto us. Is the kind of life that we need. And the only way we can get this life. Is through the word of God. It's not through what we do, it's through what God has already done for us. The word of God says that they are life. The word of God is life unto those that find them. The key is you have to find God's word. You cannot try to go get it from somebody else in which that is good. But the Bible said that they are life to those that find them. When we look, I'm going back to the beginning because these are the instructions that Solomon was given to his son. David had given him to Solomon. So Solomon was given him to his son because apparently he knew that his son needed the word of life. He said, my son, attend. So Solomon was saying, attend to my words. 
The words that he was giving his son was the commands of God. It was the word of God. He said attend. Attend means pay close attention. When you're paying close attention to the word of God, you are inclining your ear. What does that mean? You're leaning forward to pay attention to what God is saying. Why are you leaning forward to pay attention to what God is saying? Because there, there's life in the word of God. When you know that God has come to give you life, Jesus said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So apparently we have a right to choose. Do we want death or do we want life? He said, I have come to give you life. So Solomon said, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. So just like God is bringing you the word of God to, um, from me to you, he's saying he wants you to pay attention. He's saying he wants you to incline your ears. That means you want to shut everything off and you want to pay so much attention to God's word because you saying, God, I need life from your word today. God, I'm in a situation and it don't seem like that situation is moving, but I know if I grab hold to your word, I'm going to find life through your word. Go with me to John, St. John, the fourth chapter, because in St. John, the fourth chapter, this was a man that came to Jesus. And it's the fourth chapter beginning at verse 46. It says, so Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine. So Jesus had just made water into wine. And this was when in um, John chapter two, St. John chapter 2 when they needed more wine and Jesus mother was coming to Jesus why did she come to Jesus because she knew Jesus had what they needed this is what we have to do when we know that Jesus is life and there's life coming from him which is the word that's where we need to go to the word so when Mary um, went to Jesus she said whatever he say do it And that's what we have to do when we receive life from the word of God. How we do it is doing what the word of God tell us to do because we know it's life in the word. So it said that Jesus came unto Canaan of Galilee where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. So this nobleman had a son and the son was sick. And this is what he did. The Bible said when he heard that Jesus come out of Judea into Galilee. When you hear the word of God, when you're hearing where the word is going to be, I'm talking about the truth. I'm not talking about traditions of men that make the word of God of none effect. I'm talking about the ones that's bringing the word of life, the word of truth. He said when he heard that Jesus come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him. Remember the Bible says that my words are life unto those that find them. What did this man do? He went to Jesus. He went to the word of life. God is saying this is what he wants you to do. When you having situations in your life where it don't look good, where it don't feel good. You need to go to the word of life where you're going to find life. Man cannot give you what the word has already provided for you. So he came to Jesus and this is what he did. And he bought, he came to Jesus, went unto him and besought him that he will come down and heal his son. Where was he going? He was going to the word. He was going to the word of life. 
for he was at the point of death. Can you imagine someone at the point of death? They knew that Jesus had life within him. So they weren't looking at the death. They was looking at the life that Jesus have in him. And then Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. We have some people that they're coming to the word because they're saying, unless I see it, I won't believe it. Just like Dalton Thomas. Thomas wanted to touch the nail prints in his hands. He wanted to see, you know, where he was thrust in his side. But Jesus came to Thomas and Jesus will meet you right where you are. He said, Thomas, he said, see the nail prints. See how they thrust me in the side. He said, Thomas, blessed are those that have not seen, but yet still believe. We got to get to the point, though things are popping up here on this earth, though we see it in the natural, we're not going on the natural. We're going on the word of life. We're going on what God is saying. So this man, in verse 49, the nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, ere my son die. He was still telling Jesus, I need you to come to my son. If you don't come to my son, he's going to die. He was having faith in the word of life. Even though Jesus said, unless you see a sign and wonder, you won't believe. He was still saying, you got to come down and heal my son. He was not turning away from the word. And this is what Jesus said unto him, go thy way. He said, go thy way, thy son liveth. Now look at the word of life. When the word of life began to speak to you, you have what is written. But let me tell you how Rima come. When you go into what's written and you begin to take what's written down in your heart and you begin to speak it out of your mouth, that is Rima. Or when you're reading the word of God and all of a sudden it's a, a certain passage or a certain verse that all of a sudden began to speak to you. That's Rima speaking to you. That's Logos. That's um, the written word began to be a spoken word unto you. So Jesus told him. Go thy way, thy son liveth. And some of us right now, we got situations in our lives, but we won't go our way based upon the word of God. Because we wait no man to say, it's okay. We wait no man to say, you can go back into the sanctuary. We wait no man to say, you can go back in the mall. We wait no man to say a lot of things before we're moved. We cannot be moved by man. We have to be moved by the word of God. Even though we being obedient to what man is saying, we have to understand that God is higher than man. And we have to begin to speak those things that be not as though they were. We have to begin to say, God, this is where man is. But God, this is where you are. We have to begin to decree and declare into the atmosphere the life of God. We have to decree and declare life and not death. So Jesus told him to go his way. And the man believed. Check this, y'all. The man believed the word that Jesus has spoken unto him and he went his way. What is God telling you today? When God has given you a word, when he has spoken a word to you out of the word of God, he said, don't just sit there and wait on man to tell you it's okay. He said, I already told you it was okay. Go your way and just believe. God is saying, go your way and believe what I have said. Man is going to say what they believe because they're looking at natural. He said, you are supernatural being, so you're going to look at 
what the word is saying opposite to what natural is saying. But the man believed and took Jesus at his word. So by him taking Jesus at his word, it said the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken. He believed the word of God, the word of life. You have to believe the word of God, the word of life. You got to believe what's spoken outside of what you feel. You got to believe what's spoken outside of the way people perceive you or the way people treat you or what people say about you. You have to go on the word of life. And then it says unto him and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him saying, thy son liveth. And this man wanted to ask him, okay, when did this happen? It was the same hour, the same time that Jesus told him to go his way. So there is life in the word of God. We have to take the word of God for what it is. The word of God is life unto those that find them. And I want to say this, even if you refuse to believe, the word is not going to change. The word is still going to um, be the same. What we do is we wait on man to say yes. God has said yes over 2,000 years ago. God can take what man is saying and he can take the impossible and make it possible if we believe. But he needs some believers to stand on truth, to stand on the word of God, opposite of how you feel. Yes, it may look this way. Yes, this is what they're saying. But what did the word of God tell you? This is where your life is going to come from, the word of God. Yes, your body may be feeling a certain way. Yes, you may be looking a certain way. But when you look into the spiritual mirror, you're not going to see how your body looks. You're not going to go on how your body feels. You're not going to go on what your finances look like. You're going to go on what the word of God is saying unto you. He said, my words are life unto those that find them. And if you are born again, and if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You have the life of God on the inside of you. So when something tries to attack your body, you have to wake up the spirit of life that's in you through the word of God. And you have to begin to confess what you believe. You can only confess what you believe. Quit trying to confess something to happen. Begin to confess because you know it's already happened. You don't confess the word to get it to happen. You confess the word because you know that Jesus have already made a way for you over 2,000 years ago. You have to tell things in your life. You're trespassing. You're not coming up in my house. For as me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So we don't look at our situation. We look to him who's the author and finisher of our faith. So we see that we got life on the inside of us. Jesus is our lifeline. When you're born again, his life is on the inside of you. So if his life is on the inside of you, it's bringing light unto you. So when darkness try to come in, you begin to speak the word of God. And the light that's coming from God is going to expose that darkness. It's going to get rid of that darkness because light and darkness does not mix. So when we look at Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, I know all of us are familiar with the book of Ezekiel. And this is talking about the dry bones. And this is really talking about Israel. But what God had to do 
He had to use Ezekiel because he needed a mouthpiece. And we know that Ezekiel, he was a prophet. So God need a mouthpiece for him in this dying world. You need to be that mouthpiece. If you are born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and if you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, meaning that without the power of God that comes upon high, upon you from on high and clothe you, you cannot be an effectual witness. So God's Spirit has to come upon you to do a work in you and through you for God's people. So he had to use Ezekiel because it said the hand of the Lord was upon me. Ezekiel recognizes, this is what we have to recognize, the hand of God being upon us. It is not us. It is not our power. The word of God said not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit. You got to quit recognizing, look what you done. If I didn't do this, it would not have been been done. It is not you. It is the spirit of God that comes upon you to do the work on his behalf. So Ezekiel recognized that the hand of God was upon him and he carried him out in a valley. And in that valley, the word of God said it was full of dry bones. So that means that they were dead. There was no life in those bones. You may be in a valley right now and that valley that you're in is due to your way of thinking. It's due to what you heard and you took what you heard, which was negative, and you began to draw off of what you heard. So it puts you in a valley and that valley represented death. So as he brought him in that valley, he was showing him that valley full of bones and he caused him to pass by those bones. So you may be looking at that situation and that situation may look like death to you. And God allowed him to see those bones. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? See, God is about life. He's not about death, y'all. He's all about life. So no matter how that situation look, God want to bring life to that situation. And he answered him, oh Lord, thou know. And again, he said unto me, now this is what he needs. He needs somebody that he can speak to. He needs somebody that he can give the word of life to. And they can take the word of life that God has given to them. And they can begin to speak it unto this dying nation. He said, I want you to prophesy. That means I want you to speak upon these bones. So Ezekiel had to do the speaking. See, we're waiting on God to speak on our behalf. But God is using you to speak on his behalf. This is why the word of God is saying when Jesus passed, saw that fig tree and the tree was not doing what it need to be doing. Guess what Jesus had to do? He had to speak to that tree. He did not pray to God about the tree. He began to speak to that tree because he knew that that tree was saying something that was not truth. So he knew he had to curse that tree so that tree would not bring deception to someone else. So after he cursed that tree, he went about his father's business. He did not ask the father to curse the tree because Jesus was out to do the work of the father. He was out to do the will of the father. God was using him to speak his word and speak those things that be not as though they were. 
So when the disciples saw that that tree was cursed at the root, why was it cursed at the root? Because Jesus spoke to it. Jesus knew that that tree was professing, was confessing something it should not have been confessing. So this is what Jesus told them. Have faith in God. See, our faith has to be in God and not in ourselves and not in man. We have to have faith in God. We have to have the God's kind of faith. We have to believe what God has said has, that he's already have said and we have to act upon it. When Jesus did that, he said, I say unto you that you have to speak. He didn't say speak to God about the mountain. He said, you speak to that mountain. You tell that mountain where you want it to go. And that mountain have to obey you. But he said, you cannot have doubt in your heart. He said, whatsoever you say unto that mountain, that mountain is going to have to do it. So this is what God was telling Ezekiel. He said, Ezekiel, you prophesy to these bones. He was telling Ezekiel what he had to do. And he was telling him to prophesy unto those bones and say unto them. Now look, he goes, say. Some of us in our minds, we are, you know, quoting stuff. But he said, you got to speak. You got to say. You got to put those words in the atmosphere. Why? He said, because my words are spirit and they are life. You cannot just sit. Yes, you probably can meditate. But meditate is mummering. That means it's mummering under your breath. That means that words are coming out of your mouth. You cannot keep them on the inside. You got to bring them on the outside. Outside to change your atmosphere. If you want your atmosphere to change, if you want life in your atmosphere, you're going to have to open your mouth and begin to speak the word of God. Yes, the news is saying this, but what did God say? We got too many people repeating what the news is saying. News is news and they're coming up with new news every day. They keep changing what they're saying from one day to the next. You go to CNN, they got a different report. You go to Fox, they got a different report. Guess what? They are proper lying. Those are false prophets. They don't know the truth. They only know what they hear from other people. Where do you think they get their news from? Let God be true and let every man become a liar. If it's not lining up with the word of God, it is not truth, y'all. We going on what they say because we think that they're full of wisdom. That's the wisdom of man. We need the wisdom of God. We need people prophesying life into the atmosphere. And it had overturned death, which is COVID-19. Because COVID-19 does come to bring death. But God is not about death. He's about life. So God said, Ezekiel, I need for you to prophesy unto these bones. But guess what? Ezekiel could only say what God would have for him to say. I want y'all to catch it. What are you saying? If it is not lining up with the word, guess what? You're not going to get no results from it. You have to speak the word and speak the word only. Because this is what he said. He said, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, oh, ye dry bones. He said, I want you to talk to that dead situation. He didn't tell him to talk to anything else. 
He said, I want you to talk to the dry bones. There was a valley that the dry bones was in. He didn't tell him to talk to the valley. He said, talk to the dry bones. See, you got to be specific. You have to speak what God would have for you to speak. Whatever is going on with you, you speak to what's going on with you. You don't speak around it. You speak to exactly what's going on with you. Because that mountain has to move when the word of God is spoken. So he said, you speak unto those dry bones. And guess what he said? Speak. Hear the word of the Lord. Why did he say, I need for you to speak the word of the Lord to the dry bones? Guess what? God is the creator. He's the maker of all things. God created us. We didn't create ourselves. Did y'all know every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign in your body? Man did not create it. They cannot recreate it. The only one that can do the recreating to make it just like God made it in the beginning is God. And it's done through the word of God. This is why you got to connect with him and with his word. So when something is out of whack in your body, you're going to say, body, hear the word of the Lord. This is what God's word is speaking unto you. I command you. But you know what we do? We ask man, what should we do? How can man know what to do if they have not partaken of the word of life? The only thing that man can do is do it to the best of their ability. And we trust their ability. But after a while, I want y'all to understand that wears out. That wears off. I don't know about y'all. I want y'all to check this. And I want you to understand this is where you are. And I'm going to say this again. It's where you are. And God will meet you right where you are. He will meet you where you are. But the point that I'm making here is I want you to check this. When you take Tylenol, the bottle tells you to take every four to six hours. Or may I say ibuprofen, right? What that does is that ease you off for that time period. Hello, somebody. Then you got to retake it again. You got to keep taking it to get ease. If after retaking it all that time and you still not getting ease, then you want to go to something else that will help you to ease it off. But guess what? That ain't fixed the problem. The problem is still there. Whatever is causing you to go through what you're going through is still there. The Tylenol, the ibuprofen, the amoxicillin, whatever it was, guess what? It may have cleared it up for that time. But there is a root to everything. You just don't have a headache to have a headache. You having a headache because it's coming from some type of source and it's not coming from the life of God. It's coming from death because every sickness out here comes from Satan. He's about death and not about life. So we have to connect with God and say, God, I don't know what's going on with me. You already know what's going on. And matter of fact, I don't need to know what's going on. But I can say this. Your word says I am the healed. Not going to be healed, but I am the healed. But even if you know what's going on, you speak to 
to what you know what's going on and you expect it to go on about its business and don't return. Remember when Jesus cast out the demons? He told them what he wanted them to do. They come to him and they said, there was a legion of demons. That means it was a lot of them. And when Jesus spoke to them, they said, can you tell us to go into the herd of swine? They went into the herd of swine because Jesus commanded them. He was the word. That legion was about death. That legion was not about life. So what am I telling you? You got to know what the word of God is saying. You got to quit being like a windshield wiper. One day you saying God can. The next day you saying I don't know. We got to stand still. We got to stand still. We got to see the salvation of the Lord. When you don't know, you do just like Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat began to, you know, fear. He had fear in him because it was three armies coming at Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat knew he didn't have what he needed within himself to defeat that army. But he knew God. He began to pray. He began to seek God. He began to remind God like God needed to be reminded. But he knew what the word was saying. That's why he began to speak the word. But at the end of his prayer, he said, Lord, I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on you. Come on, we get stuck sometimes. And we really don't know what to do. We done tried everything. But Jehoshaphat hadn't tried nothing but God. We try everything before we come back to the conclusion that man can't do it. It ain't working with man, so God, I want to try you. That was like the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years with the same issue. But when she tried Jesus, guess what? He cleared up the issue right then and right there. She didn't have to wait 12 more years. That should tell you that there's life in the word of God. God's word overpowers death because Jesus came to give us life. The Bible said that I have come to give you life and to give you that life more abundantly. I don't understand, y'all. We're seeking death instead of seeking life. We're spending more time seeking the news to see when we can come out. You better be living that abundant life outside of what the news saying. You can't quit waiting on man to tell you what to do. Man is confused. They don't know what to do. They're trying to save you within their means. But I know a savior who's already saved us, who's already delivered us, who's already said it. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. He's already done it. Quit waiting on it to get done and receive what's already done so you can live the Zoe life. That's God's kind of life, not man's life, God's life. If you wait on man to bring change, you'll be waiting forever and ever. Change is already here through Jesus Christ. We are the change, y'all. This is why our minds have to be transformed, have to be changed, have to be renewed according to the word of God. So we can prove what the good and perfect will of God is for this time now. 
You cannot wait on man to try to prove anything. You cannot wait on man to come up with the cure. Jesus is the cure. Jesus is the vaccination. You cannot wait on vaccination. You will die waiting. Your word is your lifeline. You have to vaccinate yourself every day with the word of God. Come on, open your Bibles and say I'm getting ready to take a booster shot. Open your Bible and say I'm getting ready to take what I need. Because the word is what you need. Come on, we trying to do what man tell us to do. And you should obey government. I'm telling you, don't go outside of government, but when government go outside of what you believe, you don't do it. Because you live by the word of God. Because in this word, Ezekiel could only speak what God would have him to speak. Are you speaking what God is saying? Or are you speaking what man is saying? God created this world through words. He spoke the world into existence and brought life into a dying world through the word of God. We understand that by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. We have to understand it's faith. It's believing in what God has done. Take yourself out of the equation. Just like the man that had the son and he was tormented. That demon was tossing him to and fro. And the disciples, he said the disciples couldn't cure him. It's not that the disciples didn't have the power. It's not that the disciples didn't have the life of God there. The disciples began to look at the demon more than they looked at the power of God. So what happened when Jesus came up on the scene? He recognized the fear. He recognized the unbelief. He said, how long shall I be with you? And when the demons start coming to Jesus, Jesus spoke. He telling that demon what he want the demon to do. But the father said this. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. You can believe and still have unbelief in you. That's why we need to search ourselves every day and say, God, what's getting in the way of what you're saying to me? And you have to take that, whatever is getting in the way, you got to use the word of God to get it out of the way. God's word is life, y'all. And it's life more abundantly. He want to give us Zoe. He want to give us God's kind of life here on earth. And he want people to see us living God's kind of life. Matter of fact, whatever's going on in the world, it don't spoke you in the world, but you're not of the world. But you don't supposed to be affected by it. You're supposed to be set aside. You're supposed to be separated where people are going to know why this is not happening to you. And that's when you begin to open your mouth about Jesus, about that he is your lifeline. He is the one that keeps you. He was the one that has delivered you. You got to begin to speak life unto those situations. So God told Ezekiel, this is what I want you to speak. Ezekiel spoke according to the word of God, to those bones. God told him, he said, we want flesh to come upon those bones. He told him what to do. Ezekiel spoke what God says, and there began to be a shakening amongst those bones. And I'm going to say this. It's for somebody watching or for somebody sitting in your car. God said that there's a shaking in coming.
to your body where everything that's broken, whether it was in your past, whether it's dealing with sickness or whatever it may be, I speak to your body right now in the name of Jesus. And I call wholeness to your body. I command your body to be healed in Jesus' name. Whatever they say they saw, they shall see no more. I command a shaking right now. Those bones come together and those bones were rattling and they were shaking because they had to hear the word. But guess what happened? They were hearing the word, but the Bible says that there was no breath in those bones. See, they still needed the breath. They still needed the life. So when spirit and the word come together, you're going to get the life of God coming in on the scene. You have the spirit of God in you. And the only thing you got to do is speak the word of God. And everything that's been shaken is going to be healed. It's going to be brought back together. Wherever you're working. And whatever is going on on your job. You're supposed to be speaking life on that job. Because there's a lot of things that's going on on jobs that ain't being told. But guess what? God will speak to you. And God will say, this is what I want you to speak over this job today. And as you begin to speak that life. You ain't the only one receiving it, but those around you are receiving that life from God. And they're saying, every time I come around you, this is what I'm perceiving. I have peace. I'm healed. The headache I had, soon as I came around you, I don't even have that headache no more. Why? Because you're bringing the life of God. We have to begin to speak according to the word of God. We know this scripture. We quote it so well. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Y'all don't get it yet? Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. If I'm speaking death, that's what I'm receiving on myself. The Bible says you reap what you sow. You reap by what you speak. You get by things by what you're saying out of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you're speaking death, you're going to reap death. Whatever you sown, that's what you're going to reap. This is why the word of God tells us. I love this so much in Proverbs. I don't know if you have read it, but it says in Proverbs 13, 3. He that keep his mouth keeps his life. Have y'all heard that before? He that keep his mouth, I'm going to say it again. He that keep his mouth keeps his life. If you can't keep your mouth shut when it need to be shut and you speaking death, that's what you're going to reap is death. God wants us to speak life. Jesus came speaking life. Jesus came overturning death. Light came in the midst of darkness. When somebody is saying, oh God, I'm turning 55 and my mom died at 55 and I'm afraid I'm going to die at 55. You have what you say. He who keeps his mouth keeps his life. So it's better not to say nothing at all than to begin to speak death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. 
And then in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, this was Jesus talking to, this was um, God talking um, to the Israelites through Moses. And he was giving them a choice. He said, let's go to Deuteronomy 19. And I want to read what God is saying. Y'all, everything is about what you speak. And God wants us to speak life. He does not want us to speak death. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you. God has set before us life and death. And then he goes on to say blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life. He's telling you what to choose. He's telling you to choose life. God want us to speak life in the midst of dead situations. It may look bad. Come on, Lazarus was dead. He was dead. But life came in on the scene, which was Jesus. He was the word. And the word brings life. So when Jesus came in on the scene, he wasn't focused on death because he knew that he was bringing life to that dead body. But Martha said, if you had been here, he would not have died. Jesus had to let Martha know. She said, but he's going to rise on the last day in the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So if you are born again and he's on the inside of you, you have resurrection life. You have raising dead power on the inside of you. When you come up on the scene and it don't look good, you begin to speak as the Holy Spirit is telling you to speak. If he tell you to tell that body to rise up, you tell that body to rise up in Jesus' name. God take the foolish things to conform the wise. And what God does is he take the impossible and he makes it possible to those who believe. Y'all, it's time to believe him. It's time to believe his word because we got stuff popping up. Remember, each time I tell y'all, Y'all ain't seen everything yet. Things are going to start popping up one behind another. We see these riots. We see this protesting. Yes, they have a right to speak, y'all. We all have a right to speak. Yes, what happened, it was wrong. But we don't come at it with hate. God is not about hate. God is about love. He is love. God is love. So when you coming at it with hate, you bringing death. The enemy wants death. He don't care who he have to kill. He already know where he's going. We want to stand up for what's right, but we want to stand based on the word, not based on feeling. And half of the people that's protesting, they were mad before this happened. So they're using this to come in with their anger from times. Y'all better get in your word. We're living in evil times. You don't know one day from the next. But I can tell you one thing. When you know Jesus, which is life. No matter what happens from one day to the next. The life that you have in you from him is an everlasting life. And that life, though you die, yet you shall live with him. So we need, see the enemy want us to have a fear of this COVID. I'm going to tell you why he want us to have a fear of this COVID. Because when you have a fear of COVID, you have a fear of death. Some of us say, I'm not ready to die yet. 
I ain't lived the good life yet. Come on, please. The good life is in Jesus. And Jesus is in you. Every day should be a good life for you. Some people say, you know, I don't want to die at this time. That's a fear of death. But understand this. When is your time? When God calls your number, that's your time. But we should not have a fear of death, y'all. We have a fear of death because we're not ready to leave this world. This world is not your home. This is not what God intended for you. But while you here on this earth, he wants you to have a Zoe life. He wants you to have that life that he came for you to have. Jesus came for us to have the Zoe life. He was bringing life to a dying world. And the only way you can have that life is through Jesus Christ. It's not through you. It's through him you live. Through him you move. Through him you have your being. It's no good that you have done or you will ever do. It's all about him. And when we are attached to him and when he is our source, no matter what comes, we can go to him. We can go to our father and say, father, what would you have me to do in this situation? That's why we have to spend time with God, have conversations with God. So the Bible says Solomon was telling his son. And, you know, I go back and think those years, sometimes we go through so much that we forget that we have children. I don't know if you ever been in a place that you've been so depressed, you just thinking about why am I like this? Why I have to go through this? See, sometimes things will come at you to take your mind off of what you need to be doing. And the enemy, he does that to bring death because as he bring death to you, death is going to be in your family. This is what's happening now, y'all. If somebody that you're married to has experienced depression, you experiencing that same depression. If you don't know Jesus the way you need to know Jesus, both of you are going to be depressed because you worrying about how depressed they are. You become depressed because they depressed. Now the whole house is depressed. But when you begin to know Jesus and you in his word and you connected with him, you begin to say, depression, get out of my house. You don't belong in my house. You cannot rest here in my house. You can't have my children. You can't have my husband. You cannot have them because God is about life and life more abundantly. He is not about death. You don't let it linger in your house. If the enemy can get one, he's going to use that one to get the other. That's why we have to stand up for what's right. We have to stand up to what the word of God says. Y'all get over your feelings. God did give us feelings. He created us with feelings, but he don't want us to stay in our feelings. He want us to stay in alignment with the word of God. Our feelings supposed to line up with the fruit of the spirit. And as we line up with the fruit of the spirit, we'll begin to produce that Zoe life that he want us to produce based on his characteristics. So when we go back to Proverbs, he said, my son, this is how you get that Zoe life. First of all, you get it through being born again. How do you get born again? You have to hear the good news concerning the kingdom, which comes through Jesus Christ. The only way you can get this Zoe life is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's no other way around it. And you're accepting him because you know that he died for you and you could not die for yourself. 
Jesus paid the price that we could not pay. Because we know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So once we accept him, we accept his death, we accept his resurrection. He's the one that has made us righteous before God. We could not be in right standing with God except through Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. So it's through Jesus that we have everything we need. Y'all get over yourself. Get over you. Quit trying to make something work. Know that the word has already worked it out for you. The word has already given you what you need. The only thing you need to do is grab hold to what's written. That's why Solomon said, my son. And I want to tell those out there that haven't had children yet. Or you just had little babies or you got toddlers. Take the time. Save folks. Take the time. To speak to your children while they're in your womb. Take the time, even when they come out the womb, to speak the word of God, the word of life. And as you're raising them up in the word of God, in the word of life, they're tender at that point. See, that's how the enemy grabbed them when they're so little. Y'all, I have seen little children that they're acting like demons. Because it's the atmosphere that they're around. It's what they're hearing. They're doing based on what they're hearing. We need to quit saying, I don't know where they got that from. Who they been with? They didn't learn that on their own. If they didn't get it from you, they got it from the television. If they didn't get it from the television, they got it from the radio. If they didn't get it from that, they got it from somebody you left them with. And now you embarrassed because you said, I didn't teach them that. That's why we got to raise them up. According to the word of God. This is what Solomon was doing. He was telling his son. This is how you're going to make it. My son attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. It's all about the word y'all. The word is the only thing that's going to keep us. And save us. My husband cannot save me. My husband cannot keep me. He would try to keep me comfortable. But when I grab word then I have everything I need outside of what's around me when you hold on to this word no matter what pops up in your life I'm telling you you will make it you will be shaken because all of us are shaken by things in our lives and if you say you're not shaken man you done been to Jesus you done been to heaven because you're going to be shaken as long as you in this human body You're going to be shaken, but you should not be moved. He said, whosoever hear these sayings of mine, you like a house that build, that's built upon a rock. When the wind, when the storms come, guess what? It's going to shake it, but it's not going to move it because it's moved upon a foundation. And that foundation is Jesus. But the ones that are not hearing my sayings, they're building their house on sinking sand. When the storms come, when things come, you are moved. You are so easily persuaded because it's how you build in your house. Our house has to be built upon this word of God. You got to pay attention to the word. You got to keep your eyes on the word. Now keep it in the midst of your heart. The enemy want to snatch the word because the word is a seed. He know that seed is going to bring life from God. 
So the moment you hear this word that you get in the day, he want to snatch it away from you to make you feel as if you heard what they said. You heard what they said. You better listen to what they say. You better not listen to what she say. She trying to put you out there. And ding- See, the enemy trying to steal the word. You got to keep it. You got to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. This is where the seed is planted in your heart. For out of the abundance of your heart, guess what? Your mouth is going to speak. The enemy wants you to speak death around you instead of speaking life. Yes, this is what they said, but this is what God is saying. Don't lie. Say, yes, this is how I feel, but this is what the word says about how I feel. So I'm going to go on what the word is saying. And the more you go on what the word is saying, you're going to live that abundant life. Not according to how you feel. So he said, they are life unto those that find them. And they are health. They are medicine to all flesh. The word is your medicine. Y'all turn away. If you're spending four or five hours watching the news, then guess what's going to happen? That news is taking the seed. You can say what you want. The news will take the seed of the word that's planted in your heart. Because whomever you spend more time with, that's what you're going to become. The Bible says a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Whatever you spend more time with is what you become. If you spend more time watching the news, if you spend more time watching Lifetime, you're going to become what you watch. The enemy using everything to take that seed. That seed got to be so rooted on the inside of you that when things begin to pop up, you are not moved by what's popping up. We have a lot that's going to pop up, y'all. We are living in end times, but God has given us what we need to overcome. It is the word of God. And we have to stand on this word like we have never stood on this word before. There's a scripture in the Bible and the Lord had me meditating on this scripture for about two weeks ago. And as I was meditating on this scripture, y'all remember when Solomon, he built the temple. David could not build the temple, but he had the resources there for Solomon to build the temple. You know, for the ark, for for the presence of God to be. He wanted a place for God to dwell. And it was magnificent. He didn't withhold nothing when it came from God. See, this shows where your heart is. Everything you have is not yours. It belongs to God. So when God is asking for something, and sometimes God don't have to ask. It's just where your heart is. This is why the Bible says, guard your heart. With all diligence for out of it is the, is the um, issues of life. You got to guard it because whoever you hang around, if God has put something in your heart for someone, when you begin to hang around a person and you begin to tell them what God is telling you to do, they will change it. Because they're not doing it. They don't want you to do it. So you got to watch who you hang around. You got to separate yourself from negative people so you can get built up in the word of God so you can keep the word in your heart so it'll come out of your mouth and people will experience life. So Solomon built the temple, y'all. After Solomon built the temple, he began to pray unto the Lord. I want y'all to catch it. Solomon began to pray and 
he began to quote the word of God. He began to say, Father, if your people do this, you will do this. Solomon was only quoting what God had said. That's what he was doing. He was only quoting the word of God because God told him he gave them blessings and he gave them curses. God said, these are the blessings. These are the curses. If you do this, you're going to be blessed. But how many of y'all know Jesus done it all and we already blessed? Y'all ain't waiting on us to do nothing. God has made the way for us. I don't have to do anything to be healed. I'm already healed and I can accept what's already mine because the price has been paid. So they had to do things to get something for God because they were up under law, y'all. These people kept messing up and messing up. But even in their mess up, when they would begin to pray, check it out, God would change. Because they prayed, they came to God, right? But then here is how God answered Solomon. God come back to Solomon, and I want y'all to understand this. Go to 2 Chronicles 14, 7, 14. You have to understand where this is coming from. God was only answering Solomon's prayer according to what Solomon come to him with, with the word. He said, if my people, which is Israel, which are called by my name, these are God's people, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal the land. Check this out, y'all. We do go before God humbly. And I go before him humbly because guess what? It ain't about me. It's all about him. I come to him because I know he's already provided what I need. I'm not coming to him trying to do something to get something. I'm coming to him because I know what belongs to me. So I'm humbling myself before him. I'm seeking God. I'm not seeking anything else. So I'm seeking him because I know he had what I need. But remember this. He said he will forgive their sins. My sins are already forgiven. He forgave me for past, present, and future sins. I'm already forgiven so I can come boldly to the throne of mercy to find help in my time of need. It's nothing blocking me because I'm coming to him in Jesus' name. I can mess up tomorrow, but when I go in Jesus' name and know what's mine, he ain't looking at my mess up. He's looking at Jesus. He was talking to the old covenant people. We are new covenant people. Everything I need is in him. And when I call upon him, he will answer me and show me great and mighty things, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus done. If you go into prayer thinking you're not forgiven, then you're not going to receive anything because it's blocking you. But if you go into prayer knowing what already belonged to you, Jesus took the curse so I don't have to take it. So we have to understand the ones out there that are doing wickedness, that have not come to Jesus, we can pray on their behalf, y'all. Do y'all know that Moses, when he went to God, God changed things for Pharaoh? Come on, check it out. Moses began to go to God on behalf of Pharaoh because Pharaoh said, okay, okay.
understand that God has a way of doing things. Lord knows if my daddy, grandfather, and aunts hadn't prayed for me, I don't know where I would be today. Because some of us think we know, but yet we don't know. Go in the word of God. Get revelation of the word of God. God hears me. How I know he hear me? Because I close it in Jesus' name. And this is the confidence that I have in him. The assurance and the boldness. If I come to him asking him according to his will, God is going to give me that petition because I believe it. So we need life from this word. And God's word brings life to those that find them. And it brings health to all your flesh. Not just a little bit of it, but all of it. Let's tap in to this word, y'all, like never before. And let's get what's already provided. It's already yours. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do nothing to get it from God. Just accept what he's already done. It comes through Jesus Christ. We don't have to be beggars. We don't have to beg God for anything, y'all. God has already done what needs to be done. We up under a better covenant. We up under a new covenant. God has already did everything. Theirs was on conditions. Ours is based upon Jesus. Jesus was the final sacrifice. Jesus was the one that laid down his life once and for all. He died one time. It didn't have to go through there over and over again. He was the final sacrifice. And then he sat down at the right hand of the father. Why? Because it was finished. He didn't have to stand up like the priest no more. So understand that we have to be the ones to speak over this nation. We have to speak over this nation so people will understand it wasn't man that overturned nothing. It was not man's way of overturning it. What man is doing is covering it up. Guess what? We want to do it. We want to tell COVID-19, you leave and don't pop your head up again. We have that right. We have that authority. They're covering it up. Guess what, y'all? Check this out. God's showing me this today. You know how in the temple, how they had to keep bringing them sheep and all of this stuff to shed the blood and everything in order for them to be forgiven, in order for them to meet what God wanted them to meet? Everybody know that? Guess what's happening today? Check it out. You got to keep using sanitizer. In and out sanitizer. You got to use your face mask. You got to keep doing these things over and over again. They say this is what's going to protect you. The blood of Jesus was shed once and for all. And guess what? That's our protection. You got to keep using this stuff over and over again. And the natural, because they said that's what's protecting you. That's what they believe. But I remember in the old days, they would they ain't buy no sanitizer. Matter of fact, they bought cheap soap. And it wouldn't even lab up. And you thought you were taking a good bath then. And you went out and got dirty and washed in it again and went on about your business. Why? Because they were standing on what they believed. They were standing on the word of God. Sometimes we will have cuts. We will have all of this stuff. They would clean it off and tell you to go about your business. Or next thing you know, they would take some kind of 
thing or off of a tree or whatever it was and they would use it, tell you to go about your business and you already healed, you took them at that word and went on. Now if something pop up, we go crazy. Because of what we have heard or what they say it could be. So this is what I'm saying is, he shed his blood once and for all. I'm not telling you not to use hand sanitizer. I'm not telling you not to wear your mask. I'm telling you that it is life in the word of God and there's life in the blood. In Jesus' blood, it brought life. And when you believe that, you are free. Because whom the sun sets free, y'all, is free indeed. And I want to tell you this, some people think or say, she thinks she know more than everybody else. If I'm holding on to this word and you ain't, I do. Because I'm only telling you what the word says. If you living in the same book I'm living out of, it shouldn't be no division amongst us. I'm using the same word you're supposed to be using. But what I'm doing, I'm staying in it. And I'm allowing it to get in me. And that's what we got to do, y'all. Allow the word to get in you and allow it to come out of you so people can see the life of God around you. It takes being in the word of God. And it takes knowing what the word of God is saying. People do need to humble themselves, but the only way they're going to become humble is through the word of God. The only way they can find forgiveness is through Jesus Christ. Because guess what? A person that do not know Jesus, guess what? They're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. When we're born again and we know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness and we repent. That means we have a change of mind and we don't go back and do the same thing because we got a helper keeping us, stopping us from doing the same thing. You have this repeated stuff going over and over again because iniquity is in the land because people have not accepted him as their Lord and Savior and know that Jesus have already paid the price for past, present, and future sin. So y'all, Jesus has done everything. And it's time for us to grab hold to what Jesus have done. Let the life of God come out of you. To heal this land. We have it in us y'all to heal the land. That's why Jesus said if my people. Who are called by my name. Would humble themselves. Is that what he said? Will humble themselves. I'm going to read it again. Would humble themselves. And pray. And we need to pray. Because prayer does change things. But we need to pray according to the word of God. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. The only way people are going to turn from their wicked ways is through Jesus Christ. Because people are going to go back to the same pattern. And he said, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal the land. Their land was cursed because of evil. But now, y'all, when our land ain't doing like it's supposed to do, we have life in us to speak to it. And we tell it. I command life to come from you. That's what we have, y'all. We have life to speak to this nation that's dying. You are the one that need to be speaking the life. So let's do what we have to do for him. In him we live, in him we move, in him 
we have our being. And I want to say this today. If there's somebody that you're in your cars and you have something that's going on with you, we want to stand in agreement today. And we want to speak over you. Just raise your hands right where you are. And we're going to speak life into you right now in Jesus' name. Just in case you didn't grab it in the beginning. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. Every attack and every assignment that's been sent out, God, against your people to bring death. We speak that those assignments have been broken in Jesus' name. Because, God, you told us in your word that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Father God, in every tongue that rises up, us in, uh, up against us in judgment shall be condemned. So, Father, today in the name of Jesus, I command healing to come to people's bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not asking for it. I command what already belonged to us. I command healing. I command that every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone. I command that they come into alignment right now with the word of God. For your word says, by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. Your word said that you sent your word. You have healed us and delivered us from our destruction. So we receive that healing right now in the name of Jesus. I command that the lame walk right now in Jesus' name. I command that the blind see right now in the name of Jesus. I command right now that every sickness and every incurable disease is healed right now in the name of Jesus. I command that the deaf hear in the name of Jesus. I command every tumor and every growth that it di disappears in the name of Jesus. I command the miraculous to come forth in Jesus' name. And I command protection in the name of Jesus. For Father, you said, no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come now our dwelling. For you have given your angels charge over us to keep us and guard us in all of our ways. So I thank you that we are protected right now in the name of Jesus. Because you said, Father God, that you are our strong tower. You are our sure defense. God, I thank you right now that you are our strong tower and we run into it. The righteous run into it and we are safe. I command favor right now in the name of Jesus. Because God, you said that the favor of the Lord surrounds us like a shield. We have favor with you. We have favor with man. And God, I command blessings right now in the name of Jesus. Because you said we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed in the fruit of our womb. Everything that our hands touch is blessed. We're blessed coming in. We're blessed going out. You have blessed us, God, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God, you are a shepherd. We shall not want. We shall not lack in any area. God, you said in your word that you shall supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And God, I just thank you right now. And I command peace to come to your people in Jesus' name. Because you said the peace that you give unto us is not like the world give unto us. You said, let not our heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I say, peace, be still, in Jesus' name. 
God, I thank you and I praise you that we're not looking for it to be done. We thank you right now that it is done and it is so in Jesus' mighty name. Let the church honk and say amen. Hallelujah. 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 At this time, we're going to do our announcements. And then after our announcements, we, the deacons, I guess, they will come around and do what they do with the tithes and offerings. And then we will dismiss. But before we do dismiss, um, Manny, could you come up here, please? I think you can hold a mic. I'm going to let Manny do the plan of salvation because I believe there's some out there that really need Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. Amen. So we want to make sure that there are none lost. We want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 911, what's your emergency? Lost souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to say to anybody who's out here that God the Father loves you so much he sent his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Zoe life. And I want you to know that God sent him and he took the judgment of this whole world upon himself. So you don't have to take it. And God rose him up from the dead to set you free, to justify you, just as if you never sinned. All he wants you to do is believe on him and what he's done. And then after that, God wants fellowship. You know, that's what God lost. He lost fellowship because man lost that life that was within him. And so God wants you to come and fellowship as a father with the son. That's what he's looking for. Amen. It's not about you working for him. That'll come out of your fellowship. But he's wanting you to just come and sup with him and him with you. That's what he lost with with Adam in the beginning. So all you have to do is believe in your heart that God sent Jesus. And Jesus died and rose again on the third day for your sins. And you shall be saved. It's just that simple. And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Now he's Lord of your life. He's in supreme authority over your life. He has control over your your life. He dictates to you what to do. It's just that easy. Amen. And as you do that, I say welcome to the kingdom of God. You're born again. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God glory for those that are born again. Hallelujah. I want to give these announcements and then Athea will come up with the end. Um, we will let you know um, how we're going to do services from here on out. And I want to explain why we were in the building last Sunday and we're not in the building this Sunday. There was a ruling, and I know some of y'all heard about the ruling, where this judge overturned Go- Go- Governor Cooper's decision about the gathering of churches where we could come back together, but it was a two-week a uh, 14-day trial period. Supposedly, they went back in there May 29th at 10 a.m., but I haven't heard anything. But um, we're just going to um, continue to do what we're doing until we know otherwise. And I want to say this on this note. When we do go back into the sanctuary, if you are uncomfortable with coming, 
If you are in a state of panic, then you don't need to be amongst us in a state of panic. You need to be um, where you are in him. I'm saying this. Don't feel bad. Don't feel like, you know, people going to look at me strangely. We're not looking at you that way. It's just where you are. And I want to explain this. Some people wear masks and some people don't wear masks. The ones that's wearing masks, don't put them down because they're wearing masks. The ones that's not, don't put them down as well. It's where you are in the Lord. Does it make the people that are not wearing masks better than you? No, it does not. It's just that's, that's where they are in their faith. But I want to say this. You have people that are not even saved that ain't even wearing masks. So church, let's quit coming against one another. Let's quit condemning one another because now that we're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. We're here to love one another. God is about love. So just because you do something and somebody else is not, is not doing it and they're in the same church, do not put them down, lift them up, begin to encourage them until they get to that place where they need to be. Amen? So Athea is going to come and um, give you the rest of the announcements. Praise God. The rest of our announcements. Uh, on Tuesday nights, we will have Clem, and you can watch us live streaming or on Facebook starting at 7 p.m. Ways to send your tithes and offerings in, you can go to our website at www.mtdm.org, or you can go to Cash App, Money Sign, or Dollar Sign, MTDM20. Or you can mail it to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, P.O. Box 1042, Burgard, North Carolina, 28425. Amen. Amen. Could we have the deacons at this time?